0: This is Dan Myler, host of the longest-running Dynasty fantasy football podcast in the industry, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Join me and my co-hosts, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price from DynastyLeagueFootball.com as we use 60-plus years of Dynasty experience to analyze news, walk through startup and team-building strategies, and highlight trade targets to keep you on top of your Dynasty League year-round. It's a different topic each week on the DLF Dynasty podcast, but the common theme is always the same helping you build the ultimate Dynasty roster. Join me, Dan Myler, along with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price each week year round for the DLF Dynasty podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts. Yes, I just had to pause to remember what the name of Twitter was. Leave me alone. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about shopping lists. And no, seem like a theme and uh, probably some other stuff. I usually get off on a tangent, let's be honest. Uh, but yeah, shopping list. depending on what team situation you're in. Not just players rough ideas of players I'm looking to target based on different situations, but also players I'm looking to use to target those other players. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it.
1: Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and nerds, I'm at one. No doubt about it, sometimes I grab my Excel sheets, sometimes pour cold water on heat,
0: when the mask's not adding up, you said I'm checking it out, I'm in pile, welcome to the crowd. Right, so it's christmas time and uh, I am still behind behind the schedule uh, on the dynasty crossroads running behind the weeks believe it or not i have spent a lot of time this offseason trying to get ahead of the schedule so instead we could talk about regression candidates because of the high low list that i've been making this year and putting in my seasonal data sheet my patreon data sheet and talking about it on Twitter but I uh, continue to fail to get ahead of the schedule I mean this one's days days late this podcast days late you know that Sorry about that. Uh, but, you know, anyway, uh, instead, I thought a shopping list theme would be interesting. Um, now, as we've been talking about on the Wednesday streams, looking at week by week dynasty analysis or takeaways or trade potential targets. Um, most of the time with Rush Fisher, dynasty outhouse, similar time with Zach Reed from Dynasty Dummies, live streams to, you know, places everywhere. Check, c- come chat with us if you want live. Um, on Wednesdays, YouTube, Twitch, and that kind of thing. I don't know when how that turned into a promo. Where am I? Yeah, we've been talking, or I've been talking to him a lot while Russ uh, scowls at me mostly. He's a very mean man. Uh, um, about how to create lists for yourself and how to go about navigating your own league to find potential trades that are worth it based on your team situation and what, how your league values players. Um, now talking with people live about this kind of thing has taught me a lot about how to not do suggestions anymore and so I'm gonna be throwing caveats at you. I'm throwing names out for potential situations your teams might be in but I can't stress enough how important it is to really look at your league and honestly consider the value and the effect on your team overall as well as just get this player get that player i think the buy buy sell lists and i'm all in on this um what, what is it uh standing on this hill to i die stuff takes some of the clarity out of the best way to navigate a dynasty league in different situations it just is like uh, there are players i i completely believe you should sell and completely believe that you should buy buy sell trade for whatever um and yet in different situations i would not do that i would do the exact opposite now most of it is about the trade itself that's the first caveat i'm making a little heuristic of mine it's a piece of piece of advice john bosch or something john bosch said uh once which was it's not about the timing it's about the trade offer Um and I've really expanded that to mean everything's really about the offer it's more traditionally said you know everyone's for sale for the right place but honestly I don't think a lot of us feel that and also I don't think it does the job essentially most of the questions I'm getting on those weekly streams about trades it really comes down to what offer can you get or what offer are you willing to give and that they're willing to accept Um, and that's kind of everything but I do want to give you a general idea of how I'm look how I'm trying to break down my leagues when I am to try and look for uh, players I want to target or players I don't want to target because it really is different depending on the league situation there are some players on some teams with the way they're functioning that league that just make them essentially i can throw it an offer but i'm pretty sure they're not my guy right now and um, because our teams are just in the wrong place uh, my values in the wrong place for that team or they're winning or i'm losing and the opposite would need to be the case and um, And that brings me to the second caveat. Like, always send an offer and you play that you like. I mean, you've got to send offers, especially if you see a player that you really think um, you're higher on the most. Um, So I'm not restricting, like, these are the only players. It's more trying to get you into the process of how to break down your league. Look for the players that you like that you might actually benefit your team by trading for them right now. Or later, on the next few weeks. And since it's Christmas, shopping lists just, I don't know. It seemed to fall into place. But let me know what you think. Obviously, as always, if I sound a little echoey, it's because I'm moving my mic around, trying to find a better uh, situation. I know. I just, uh, sometimes you got to change it up a little bit. So, uh, sorry if my sound quality is off. I'm trying, I'm trying to get better. Uh, all right, so where are I? The first uh, list I've got is if you're winning now. I mean, we're really pushing into the playoffs right now in leagues, and if you're not pretty sure that you're really in contention, it's probably start time to start thinking the opposite way. I mean, I'm always a fan of trying to win no matter what, um, but if you're not pretty convinced right now that you have a strong shot to make the final, you kind of at least start having an eye on uh, trying to play both sides of the field at best rather than go all-in right now. But if you are sure you're winning, I just got an interesting DM about a trade question. And honestly, the answer is, I don't know. Because really, for the playoffs, you're just kind of hoping you end up with the right players that keep scoring points for those specific weeks. That's why the playoff structure of fantasy football is so frustrating and maddening and also kind of part of why it's so fun because it can be frustrating maddening and maddening i mean in, in a sudden death round um a player can just have a bad game even though you're the better team you've been the better team all year and don't want to get into that too far you know what i'm talking about but ultimately I mean, we don't know. It's where a lot of degenerates dig into strengths of schedule, and I mostly fade it. I just stick with volume. I stick with the signal that works more times out of 10 on average. Because that's all I know how to do. I'm not an expert at breaking down football. I don't know the future. I'm not a genius at, at numbers or predictions or, you know, intuitive about what the future's going to hold or anything like that. So I just stick to what I know, the trade offer I got. Asked about was Tyler Lockett for James Robinson, and he has a bye week. He's probably gonna win this week. And I know Tyler Lockett just had another good game. Um and what I told him was I think you should because his two running backs are the starters, James Robinson would be a flex. But it sucks because honestly, Tyler Lockett is a better flex most weeks. But it's really about if one of those running backs becomes unavailable during sudden death rounds, you need to find another running back that can put up 15 points. Not 20 like the other two that he's got in there, but he can put up 15. And honestly, he can put up 20, but just being reasonable, he can put up 15 to replace him with. So you're losing something on your flex, but you're securing up that position that is much harder to replace um, on the fly and much harder to trust replacing as well. It's certainly for high-end production. But... I hate it because you're really giving up value there. The wide receiver wins most trades no matter what their ages are if you're looking beyond a year. And Tyler Lockett really is a better flex most weeks because wide receivers win the flex. Wide receivers score their points per game or above their points per game on average more often, and their points per game tends to be higher um, outside of the top five at both positions. And so wide receivers typically tend to be better flexes. So honestly... That's what I told him, but ultimately the truth is I don't know because it could be that Tyler Lockett goes off for 30 points for the next three weeks and it could be that James Robinson goes off for 30 points for the next three weeks. We're really just casting the die at this point once you get into the playoffs and hope your players are not the ones that suffer variance. Strengths of schedule aside, which I really just think is voodoo, um, that's where we're at. you are just going to make the best decisions you can and honestly accept that we really have no control over it. Um, Or that's where my head's at. So if I'm in a win now situation, here are the types of players I'm really looking for on my league. Where are they at? Are they on a losing team? Are they in a position where I might be able to trade for them um, to increase my chances of winning? Now, obviously the ones at the top are running backs that are scoring the most points. But... Because we're trying to look for value in most cases, especially if we're trying to win now, so we're probably giving up some future value one way or the other, but we want to limit the damage. So ultimately the answer is yeah, go trade for Najee Harris or go trade for DeAndre Swift, but you send those offers, sure, but you're less likely to get them anywhere where you would want to trade for them. However, James Robinson, Leonard Fournette, and Miles Gaskin could be on teams that aren't winning right now and looking to the future, and therefore you could work out a deal with them that was reasonable for both sides and improves your chances to win, even if it's just to add that running back three behind your other two studs. Um, Similar pattern to wide receivers. Obviously, you trade for the best ones. But if you're winning now, I think some interesting values might be Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, uh, that's why it was a difficult trade because both players are on b- the same list and Keenan Allen one because you get you might get a slight age discount. I'm not as worried about age. I think all of those players are going to be good next year anyway in Dynasty, but they could well because they've had up and down performances. Ty- Keenan Allen struggled to start the year. Mike Evans and Tyler Lockett have both been up and down. That team is that team may be less likely to be in strong contention right now, and yet all three of those make incredibly strong starts or flex plays throughout the playoffs. Without looking at strengths of schedule, that's just their volume and their points production pattern. That's those three players I'm interested in. Now you are obviously coming up with more names like Cooper Huck Cup and Jamar Chase, I guess. Yeah, but they don't stand out to me as players that are more or less likely to be on teams that are willing to trade them because they're getting older and might be less likely to be in playoff contention. But break down your league. Is there one of those players that you prefer more than those three that you think you might be able to get a decent trade on right now for one reason or another? that's on a team that's not winning. I, 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 that's why looking at your league is really important. Two last names to throw out if you're really trying to win at wide receiver. I think Debo and Marcus Brown, again, are, are, are still discounted. They're, people don't like them as top 12 wide receivers. Now, is that because because of the nature of the way they produce? They're not Julio Joneses or Antonio Browns or Calvin Johnsons. They're not typical top 12 wide receivers yeah there's a risk there but I don't think they're going to stop being good or scoring fantasy points for the next three years even if they don't keep up top 12 production and so you've got a little bit of a flaw there and to whatever trade you're able to work out and right now they're producing top 12 numbers Marcus Brown has had a slight dip Recently, um, but I think he was back up this week, if memory serves. I haven't obviously haven't been able to grind that grind that data at, so I can't exactly remember what he just scored. But both uh, putting up top twelve numbers consistently this year. I don't care that Debo rushes a lot. I don't care that Marcus Brown is skinny, or that Rashad Bateman's on the team, but and is also good. Um, And even though they're young and so you don't have that fear or that worry with trading for them, they might slightly be underrated as top 12 wide receivers, especially if they're on a team that isn't, you know, uh, 8-3 or uh, how many weeks have they been? Screw it. Isn't in playoff contention. They might be more willing to trade them. And so I think if you're looking at wide receivers, they both make interesting candidates. Shopping list number Two. That was a drop. Uh, if you're winning later, players that just stand out to me, they're kind of all buys, but I'm just going to say if you're winning later, so I can have an all buy list later, because I know, I know age concerns more people than me, More concerns people more than me, so trying to be fair. More if you're just really down in the dumps, you're definitely not winning this year, or maybe not even making the playoffs. I think some interesting players are again discounted now for slightly different reasons that I have less concern on than most, and I still think are good, would be Michael Thomas, A.J. Brown, and Amari Cooper. Now, A.J. Brown, because of injuries and the fear that he is now injury-prone, he's going to keep being injury-prone, and I just fade that noise because I definitely don't think we know. Uh, yeah, I have asked a few people who try to break down injuries, and the best response I got was it's, it's honestly way too early. These, these injuries seem unrelated to each other. Um, and he's hasn't been playing a long time in the NFL really at this point. So probably not because most players aren't injury prone. That tends to just be a uh, false signal. But also, based on what we've seen, there's no reason to think he's more or less likely to keep being injured. Which is great because that's how I like to play injuries anyway. And, and AJ Brand has 20 points per game, top five wide receiver upside. He's even built that way in terms of his height and his BMI and his speed and all that great stuff. Um, but you can get him. Now, again, the other caveat to making trades is, you are not, you know, I mean, sure, if your league sucks, send a first round pick for AJ Brown. If you get it, great. But based on a Twitter thread I went through recently, the basic price seemed to be um a really good young wide receiver and a first round pick. So you're trading Deontay Johnson, maybe throwing in another wide receiver that's of slightly less value and a first round pick. It's not nothing and um, you're definitely taking a risk on those injuries. I just am very willing to do that for that level of upside and the concern being I- injuries. I-, I don't care. Michael Thomas, the concern really is an injury. The concern is age. And, uh, yeah, fade that noise. Again, a wide receiver who doesn't just have top five upside is a top five wide receiver every time he's been on the field in his career, Drew Brees or no Drew Brees. So, yeah, Michael Thomas just seems like an obvious buy. Yeah. Um, Trying to come up with uh, players that fit these criteria, or the way I look for players at least, and that run, but run the gamut of upside. I think Amari Cooper is easily a top 5 wide receiver. He has top 12 wide receiver upside on a week-to-week basis, even if not a seasonal basis. Um, and with the rise of CeeDee Lamb, who is definitely an all-by-the-by-the-way, way, all-by-by-the-way... That was a word and a sentence right there. Um, I think Amari Cooper might be slightly underrated. His numbers overall um, are slightly disappointing, he, especially for Amari Cooper this year. I don't think that's all just the rise of CD Lamb because that's not how volume works. But he's got 14.7 points per game, which is much more of a top 24 wide receiver than it is a top 12, as we always kind of kept hoping for Debo. Right now he's at wide receiver 27 based on point uh ppr points scored as of the week before you're hearing this not the weekend of games you just saw um so he's outside the top 24 he's in his uh seventh year he'll be in his eighth year next year he's getting older and yet i don't think his talent's going anywhere and um, i don't think his 12.6 percent expected points share this year is at all concerning his adart's still around 12 his yards for touchdown is still pretty decent um and he's in fact overperformed his expected points this year. I, I think his he's definitely an all buy for the right place. What kind of what kind of trade? I mean, depending on what team he's on, I honestly think Amari Cooper might be attainable for first plus value. Does that mean you send your first for Amari Cooper? No, the draft's getting closer and closer, and again, like we talked about last week, just trading draft picks isn't necessarily always the best solution. But look for that kind of value. Um I'll come to some of the players that I think are on that. I would be willing to trade them at the current value list later. But I would look for players on your team, highlight who you think you're lower on or someone else might be higher on, add them with a second round pick, and go get someone like Amari Cooper. Um on this win later list as well, uh I also have players like uh uh CD Lamb, but that's too high. I was trying to stay as high a value as possible, not just to throw out cheap. He only costs a third round pick options, and so this is meant to be a higher list, but like, CeeDee Lamb is literally someone I've traded for when I've decided to start focusing on, on next year more, and I sent Najee Harris, which is a pretty significant piece, pretty much ended any chance I had this season to get CeeDee Lamb. Slightly underperforming recently, um, but not really. Uh, again, he's uh, had, uh, what is it, a 14.7 expected point share. He is the dominant um, target leader in Dallas now. He's had a 20% target share. Mari Cooper's 19% target share. He took over in his second year. Looks like he might even break out into the top 12 and um, if he can get back on track this year. Currently he's wide receiver 13, or he was as of last week. And um, uh, it's, it's an amazing breakout year for a Lamb. Might be slightly underrated uh, again, because I think his performances have been damn recently. Or at least that's what I got in my head. Let me just scan across. Some of his numbers here. Yeah, last week in week 11, he scored 4.4 4 points. In week 9, he scored 4.3, bracketed by 17 and 28 point games. So that up and down performance tends to worry people. And I just, that's kind of uh, the volatility volatility of wide receiver. And it doesn't concern me too much. Um, I think CD Land's fully by. But ultimately, I don't think he's getting discounted. He's just definitely a player I'm targeting in win now now jamar chase and jefferson jefferson should also be on this list and i have a player targets section to my rank sheet for patreons i'm literally updating and i've got it tiered that we talked about before if you're interested in a broader or actual physical copy of my the type of players i'm looking for in leagues and why and what situations um, and all three of those players are on it but i think of the group CeeDee Lamb is the one that might come or might have a lower value because we're not thinking of him yet necessarily. I think we really will this offseason in the Jefferson and Chase value band. And I really think he belongs there. So anyway, Um, I also have Courtland Sutton who's still definitely at value. Again, it's not a this-year play, although I do think his numbers could bounce up a little this year. He's underperforming in terms of touchdowns and the number of yards he's had. He's had a few lower-volume games because of the value, uh, or the volume has been put more on running back in recent weeks for Denver. And this week, I happen to know, standing across Gerontae Williams and Melvin Gordon, again, basically split the offense. But I don't... I'm perhaps not as concerned long-term, despite... Uh, Colton Sutton being in year four now, which feels like a long time ago. By the time we look at next year and he's in year five and we've got one top 24 season in his second year and he struggled against Tim Patrick this year and struggled against Tim Patrick in his first year. Um, if he's valued anywhere near a valued, not tradable for first-round pick, I think he's an interesting win-later piece. Like we were talking about last week, young players I'm less concerned about or I've seen positive production from can work as discount first-round picks. And so if I can get him at that value, not necessarily spending a full first-round pick or getting a second with a foot or some sort of balance there, And um, I think he's an interesting candidate. I also mentioned Chase Claypool on the same list and Brandon Ayuk last week. Um, all those players would fit in right here. If I'm not trying to win right now, although Brandon Ayuk's continued increase in opportunity over the last three weeks might be Take him out of this list and make him more of a win now, and more an all buy. Um, I think he's interesting. Uh, I'm putting T Higgins here as well on this win later wide receiver shopping list. because, yeah, I, I believe it, but he just had a good week, and honestly, everyone's been saying, buy T. Higgins low for so long, I honestly believe he like, that trade's impossible. I think anyone you try and trade with is going to be like, no, it's buy T. Higgins season. I don't believe it. He's got a 16% opportunity score this year. Which is amazing, especially right next to Jamar Chase. He had a great rookie season. This is his second year, and he's having another great season. Honestly, he's a little unlucky in touchdowns. He's got 223 yards per touchdown from the week before this one. Um, And the average for the position is around 170. So production could even be a little higher. He's being a little unlucky with touchdowns. But also because Jamar Chase is being a little over-lucky... I know the word lucky doesn't really apply here with touchdowns, but that's the term I prefer. Um, And yeah, those are my, if I'm looking later, I'm not winning now. Those are the wide receivers. I want to find out where they are, what that team situation is, and if there's a potential window for me to send a trade offer more um, than just what I think of those players. Now I've also, I thought about putting Juju on this list, but the value is just too low. That's not sticking to the high end, you know. You should be able to get a deal for Juju for a you know some kind of package deal. It's not it's not really what we're looking for here. Now, in terms of the players that you should be buying in all situations, like winning, losing, it doesn't really matter. These players are going to increase in value. I really think, expect more from them going forward, um, and I think the value is only going to increase. Uh, Rashad Bateman, Devonte Smith. Jalen Waddle, Elijah, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, and Javante Williams. Javante Williams being the only running back on that list because, again, as we've talked about before, I strongly suspect there's gonna be a, a heavy oh no, there's no young white running backs left and Javante Williams gonna vault into the top five if he already hasn't in consensus or how, you know, the people in your leagues feel. Um and so, you know, you he, actually there's no value here. You have to play full value, and if you're not winning, it's a little difficult to do that for a running back. Fully admit that. But I want to throw his name out because everyone's gonna be styling on how they knew Javante. Honestly, people are gonna tell you next year that they were telling you to buy Javante Williams and you might well forget that that's just a, honestly a silly thing to say. I I mean, check, sure, send an offer. But um, I don't think anyone's, you know, not aware that Javante Williams is a top five running back value next year. And in, a, in a, a year where I think running back value outside those top five is going to be significantly lowered. I think the rookie RB1 from this rookie class could make, depending on who it is and what, his production looks like and how highly drafted it is he could easily make the top five lists this year so just throwing it out there for you and um, i think on that list by the way rondo moore makes the most interesting case because his production's weird and his dot is like 1.2 and he's been actually exceedingly unlucky with touchdowns and um, like he hasn't scored enough touchdowns for the number of yards he's creating, but his A dots really low and he's using it in a particular way. Actually, it is really interesting that he's able to score enough yards to make his touchdowns uh look uh, unlucky here. But his target share is fifteen percent. He's getting a ten percent expected points share. I don't care that he doesn't play like Calvin Johnson or however we're all idealizing how rookies should play. Ultimately, and um, he's a player who's exceptional. What he's what he can do the team is using him in a really heavy role for a rookie if you're not jamar chase um or justin jefferson and uh, yeah this is all positive going forward and um, we should expect more from him like we do with waddle and chase but because of some weird nature to how the position or the way he plays wide receiver if it even is uh, such a thing as wide receiver and might mean people are lower on him, especially because he's not one of those players that we can start every week like we can Jalen Waddle right now and Jamar Chase and even Devonte Smith through some weeks. And Rashad Bateman's just would be that... But everyone's been crying for a breakout game every single week. And so I just think it's kept the hype way too high. His expected point share is higher than Rondo Moore's. Um so is Zadot, obviously, at 9.4. But um yeah, he's on the all buy list. I would I will buy Rashad Bateman at value. I'll give you two first for any of these players quite happily. Um all that value. and plus a second, plus a player that you like on my team who's not in this value range. They just are having incredible rookie seasons, and I'm interested in all of them. Rondo, Moore and, and maybe Devontae Smith are the most interesting because I think people might be lower on them than the others. Bateman because of the hype, and and Waddle and Chase because they were already scoring over 14 points per game and therefore are regular starters for us. And so go find out where they are in your leagues, pretty much in all situations. Send offers. Uh, it's, the other, it's the other necessary part of this or any getting any kind of trade momentum gone, to be honest. All right, uh, players, I just want to say, see where they're at. Go look at what team they're on and see what situation your team's in. Do you have any extra players you'd be willing to package up or extra draft capital you really don't think you need or you think you could trade away at a high value right now because of the way your league works? And just go take a look at where they are on rosters because I think they're interesting players based on the value trends I expect Moving on from here to what next season. And honestly, it's an unusual list for me. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb. There's a lot of running backs on a list that normally I wouldn't have. And it's just because they're at the same trend. They're aging running backs. Just go see what team they're on. Uh, Saquon Barkley's been injured for a while. Christian McCaffrey just got put on IR. Derek Henry's now injured as well. Nick Chubb's been up and down. Um, Although he uh, did just recently return. But he's aging. And if these players are on win-now teams, they could be willing to jettison them at a value right now in order to score points. If you have some running backs who could really help do that for them, they may be open to that trade if you're not winning now. And if you are winning now, I still think it's worth exploring, especially from here till next season, because I think the value on these great players is going to drop slightly more than it should. And the other two players that are slightly unusual. Is uh, Travis Kelsey targeting tight ends? Typically isn't my thing unless they're on the come up or I think they're undervalued. But Travis Kelsey again, he's getting old. George Kittle isn't necessarily getting old, but where this hasn't been an ultra dominant season for him, I think I think he could fall. Just see where they're at in your leagues. Do you think that's a situation on, on that roster versus your roster in that league that you could send an offer that actually benefits you if you're. a a little less put off by a slightly down year for George Kittle because it's not really a slightly down year. It's going 13 points per game, a 22% target share per game. Like, he's still George Kittle, believe it or not. Um, and the other one's T. Johnson just because we continue to underrate I was, and now I'm consciously trying not to. The amount of volume he's able to soak up, and it's not because the offense is bad or Big Ben's arm is crappy. Durante Johnson's doing really interesting things. Um, He's got a 19% expected point share. And remember, Chase Claypool has actually been playing well. That's why he's on the other list. Juju is another conversation. I don't think he's been playing badly, but he definitely has been pushed out of this offense one way or the other. I um, need to break that down for more this offseason, especially considering how many uh, rosters I have Juju on. But Deontay Johnson hasn't suffered from any of that, despite Najee Harris basically being the engine in of the offense, and Chase Claypool playing well and having significant target share behind him, and Juju smith still being there. He's getting targets, and Deontay Johnson is still this huge part of the offense, this terrible offense, but still... Um, I I think we need a hat tip for this year of three players. It is an amazing second breakout year for Deontay Johnson. And again, there's just a weird note to how we like him. He's scoring 17 points per game, but he's missed some games, I believe. And he's in Pittsburgh and people can be concerned about the quarterback future, which is definitely a feature but not really a feature for John J. Johnson, the same way Terry McLaurin can do it with pretty much anyone, apparently, although they're both doing it in very different ways. I think he's an interesting potential value depending on what team he's on in your league and what you may have to offer for him. So i just I just spot check those players. The other ones I've got on the Just See Where There Are list is Pat Feramouth because he broke out, then he didn't, and then he's got a huge role, but he didn't score points. Um, just in, so we're clear, like... Yeah. Kyle Pitts is having one of those amazing rookie seasons. Pat Ferrymuth has already had what is pretty amazing rookie season for a tight end. And he's huge. People are going to love him when he starts scoring points more regularly. Um, just see what team he's on and where that owner's head is at with Pat Whether If I'm saying that name right, no, I'm sorry if I'm not. Um, just because the production's been a little spotty. His usage has definitely blown up. It's definitely increased over the weeks. He's earned... A significant, and created a significant role for himself yeah last week he scored or week 11 he scored 11 points it's 6 points in week 10 21 points in week 9 14 points in week 8 it's not been what people expected Kyle Pitts or even Kyle Pitts production but this is actually a really good this is a really good rookie especially for a tight end um and so I would just I, I think he's worth just finding out what team he's on, and how that owner is feeling if you sent a decent offer. Again, we're getting to the type of things I'm trying to sell if they're on your roster, which is the way I would approach sending offers anyway. Uh, Anyone else on this list? No, I think that's it. All right, so uh, here's just a... And I, I really did this by... Ear. you know I went through and highlighted a few players for myself I haven't got some secret metrics that is telling me which players to target and which not they're just players that are generally on the top of my mind when I'm looking through leagues and I'm trying to explain why essentially um, and the ones that come to mind when I think about the players if they're on my roster I think it's a really good time to try to use them to trade for players that I prefer moving forward whether it's value or age or whatever else moving forward and some of them should accept you because I'm trying to stick to the highest value ones i can find telling you yeah i would sell miles gaskin means nothing to you and it shouldn't because miles gaskin is a winning running back who's scoring points and is pretty good but he's lower drafted in miami there's a whole new draft and his value is definitely going to drop even if he goes off for 20 points every game for the rest of the season saying i would use him to trade for rashad bateman is yeah, sure, I, I don't think you need... It. If that's possible, you would probably figure that out for yourself. Um, so, here are players that I think are rightly valued highly based on what we've seen this year or over their career, but I'm slightly more bearish on, I think, um, than ADP or the market or most people in my leagues, if they were on my roster. The first one is the Kadarius Tony. I don't think I really need to accept... Uh, upset uh, people in my Discord any more than I already am by mentioning this. You know who you are, Connor. I don't mean it bad. He's had some incredible games and the skill set translating to the NFL with some of the things he's been able to do. is Real positive. But overall, it's going to look like a bad rookie season compared to most bad rookie seasons tend to... See a fall in ADP and a lower likelihood of ever having a good fantasy season moving forward. If if nothing else, he could be an amazing weapon and not be an amazing fantasy weapon. Um, And we can find a middle ground there together. Okay, Connor and Tony Truthers. Having said that, if no one values him at all, then I don't think you have... These aren't... You definitely have to trade these players away. I would with Tony. But um, yeah, you don't have to. But I've seen... Especially when talking about that, what do, what I ask people, um, what are you trading for AJ Brown? I saw a few offers where Tony was used in the trade, and he's being used essentially as other young wide receivers from this class. Like, he's a, he's a two-first value. And if it's Tony plus a first versus Bateman plus a first, Tony all day, you know? Like, so if I can package... Kader Tony with draft capital with another good young wide receiver and go get one of the other players. Maybe it's not AJ Brown for you. Maybe it's CD Lamb. Maybe it's Justin Jefferson Jamar Chase. I'm all in on that. I think it's a good time. I think he's done some astonishing things people should be impressed with and therefore rightly value him highly. I'm bearish on that continuing to be the case. And so I'm interested in using this window. Sorry, I'm there. I'm Marshall. We give up too soon narratives are going to surround Marshall probably a lot. But you know where my head's at on this one. I see a rookie profile coming to fruition. People that liked his rookie profile from college are going to start feeling some sort of way. He's got draft capital. He, It was just a rookie season. We give up too soon. When in fact, none of those things are true. His rookie numbers are actually bad. When they were good, they were basically conference and team average, not above, for his age. I hope he breaks expectations. I always do. I'm rooting for players, every player, even Tony, even Marshall, to beat expectations. But I'm just a grinder, man. I don't know the future. I'm not a magic magician or expert football breaker downer or whatever they call themselves i just know what is normal and not normal and how often things happen and don't happen and this is a continual cycle of marshall having higher value than the chances of him being good for fantasy in the nfl have ever really shown to be the case, without doing some sort of adjustment which has never worked out, like per game or only looking at a three-game sample or only looking at his best plays or his potential if he can maintain this best play for every play. Uh, So, and then his rookie season is definitely sub-pie a healthy scratch this week. Could he break that cycle? Michael Pittman had a fairly bad rookie season recently, and this year he's having an amazing rookie season. Uh, A sophomore season, yes. You don't trade him for nothing. Like Tony, he's on this list not because I think he shouldn't be valued, but because I am bearish on that value. So if I can trade him for what he should be valued at right now, which is still a first plus, but less than those other rookies. Not that you're necessarily putting draft capital into trades. That was just a rough value line. Then, yeah, I'm willing. I, I think it's a really good idea to trade Terrence Marshall now and through this offseason just because that's where the odds lie. And um, yeah, if you're not, you don't have to. Again, he should be rightly valued. He is highly drafted. He did come from a good conference. He did suffer a lot of injuries. And maybe there's more to what he could have done in college if he didn't have such a limited sample. That's all true. Again, I'm just not a great football breaker downer, so I'm sticking with what happens most often you you and um, James Robinson turns up on this these lists a lot yeah it, you should treat James Robinson as if he has no value um but when now I'm a little higher on him because he's an undrafted free agent he's had two top 12 running back oh I think he's gonna have two top 12 running back seasons at this point he's like a discount Arian Foster but honestly, yeah, if you can package up James Robinson to get someone that you are much more certain has more value and is going to produce, especially for one of these wide receivers I've mentioned on those type of lists. eh, Yeah, it's a good idea. Do I definitely do it? No, in the same way that I don't I don't think you have to definitely sell Tony and Marshall. I definitely wouldn't always just sell James Robinson. I'm higher on him the most. But if you can get a trade that makes sense. Yeah, now's a good time to trade him. Same with all those other win there running backs, actually. That's another note I put in there. The Fournette, the Gaskins, uh, the Darrell Hendersons. He should have been a win now running back that you should trade for as well. Like the I like them all to a different degree. I like Henderson and Robinson a little bit more moving forward than most. I'm a little bullish on them moving forward. But ultimately, if you can get a good trade that you're for a player you feel much more confident in moving forward, those run there running backs are pretty much yeah, they're players. I all put in trades to try and get something done that I want to do from the overall value and makeup of my team, or to target a player that I really like the ones like the ones I mentioned before, earlier. Michael Carter, uh, another running back, New York Jets. Uh, but in this case, a young running back who's had an amazing. This is a really good ro- rookie season. Um, I think his value is going to fall probably to where he might even be a running back I'm interested in targeting. Just because of the way I expect the running back position to flow. Older running backs falling in ADP because of age. Running backs falling in general because of all the injuries we've suffered this year. Michael Carter recently struggling with injury and being more of a receiving back. He's not thick. He doesn't have that stake uh, that, that Katie liked to see when she came on the podcast or whatever she taught, called it. Uh, from uh, the Under the Helmet World um, podcast. Don't know why I called it a world. There you go. Um... So I think Michael Carter, if you can extract full value as a really good running back who increased his value after being a second-round pick this rookie year because he proved he could earn the role, do the job, and score fantasy points, I think he's an interesting player to throw in trades right now, especially for when they uh, – well, no, he's injured now. but uh, So just ignore that, especially, I guess. Uh, Michael Pittman. Sorry, I'm selling Michael Pittman. Uh, just rehash what I just said about – Tony Marshall again it's not that he shouldn't be valued high he looks like he's gonna have a top 12 season in his second year it's amazing Zachary was right finally after betting on every wide receiver the Colts have drafted finally he gets one right (laughs) but um, again I'm a little bearish if you want some numbers as to why I mean Pittman's target share is basically the target share of a wide receiver two on any other team He's a wide receiver one. Obviously, I'm not saying Pascal is better anymore. Um, but it's 22%, 14% expected point share. He's having a great season. He's definitely proved he can play in this league. I just think he's a top 24 wide receiver. And the way some people think that about... Uh, Marcus Brown and Debo Samuel. And I think there might be some players in your leagues willing to value him as a top 12 wide receiver because he's currently doing that. And I think that's ultimately fair, but I am bearish on it, so I'm willing to trade him away. Uh, other players moving quickly. Yeah, I mentioned all running backs. You know, Kadova Patterson. No one needs to be told to trade him, dude. Uh Kevin Ridley, I just wanted to throw him out because I will definitely want to trade for him at some point. But right now it feels like we're still wondering if it's a short-term thing. Maybe he's back next year. This is all guesswork. I definitely don't know. I want Calvin Ridley on my roster when he and if he comes back. But just by the way that statement and the whole situation play, I think he's got no plans for when he comes back. Could that mean he's back next year? Yeah. Um, but I'm willing to play it as a longer-term thing right now um, because that's what he said. That's definitely the sentiment that he put in his statement. And I think sticker shock right now of that sudden value drop, now might be a good time to get out, but I think his value is going to keep falling. So again, it depends what the trade is. But if he's still carrying, you know, Really good value in your league. Now's the time I'd put him on that list. LaVisca Schnault, I think, had another good game this week. Again, I don't need to go over why I don't like DJ Chark or LaVisca Schnault much. I think they're good players. I definitely wouldn't buy into these situations. I definitely haven't seen enough signal from them to suggest that either are going to be long-term consistent fantasy assets they're just good players in the NFL and that's wonderful but uh, not for me and there still might be residual LaVisca and DJ Chark love Uh, and if there is if they're at that you know barely a first round pick value I'm willing to trade them definitely for sure I will put them in deals and the hopes that the team I'm trading with still remembers how highly they were valued this offseason when I told you to sell them then. Sorry, small flex. Uh, I've got two other notes here because they are all, always tends to be things I end up saying in the off season. But right now, if you're looking to trade, put players into trades, it, it, it's relevant. Pretty much always sell running backs at value. Win now, win later, doesn't matter. Running backs value, if you're getting good value for where they should be valued, in your mind or ADP or however you want to judge it, uh, running backs are always a good sell just because of the shorter term nature of their value window even if their production is a little underrated about how uh, long it is, or consistent it is when they get to a certain age running backs are just always a good sell especially this time of the year and then through the off season we'll see how the market reacts to when and if we can start investing in some doesn't this, again, like all of these doesn't mean you have to trade them away it's, I would think about adding them as fair value pieces to get trades done for some of these other players that are more interested in targeting long-term or even short-term from the wide receiver list. Um, and also sell all top five QBs. Does that mean I'm definitely trading Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert And right now? No, but top five QV value, even in one QB leagues, tends to be a little wonky. And um, maintaining top five production is actually not quite as consistent as you would think at t- quarterback. Jalen Hurts is a top five quarterback right now, and no one's valuing him there. If, if I, especially if you're in superflex, and I didn't do these lists as if superflex, maybe that's the thing we can come back to when I get a guest on. I don't know, but um like, I don't know. So selling high value quarterbacks is always something I'm willing to do if I can get that high value in return. Like you're adding me. You're Like you're getting Jalen Hurts or Tua Tagovailoa or some of these quarterbacks I would want to argue and extra stuff. It's always something I want to explore. Normally it's only relevant in Superflex leagues, but I thought I'd throw it out here on the types of things I'm putting on and in trades. Notice I didn't say all my picks. All my picks are normally always for sale. They're always available for trades. I will be willing to add them to trades. So should you. But... I definitely feel there is some... uh, The conversations I've had on Twitter have made me realize how often we get told to trade picks. And like picks have value. They do increase in value. You should use them to get good players. You definitely shouldn't throw them away as much as we might be led to believe by the amount of content telling us to trade for this player and that player. And we're valuing them in terms of picks, even if we don't necessarily mean trade those picks. So, yeah, they're for sale. They're on the list. But it's not my first go-to, especially this time of year. Now's the time of year you can be a little bearish on uh, trading picks or because tra- everyone's going to start being uh, bearish on trading for picks. It's also the point where tricks will start to articulate value in a normal year. I think 2022 is going to be a little weird. Um, But we'll see how we feel about this draft class. It's really going to have a lot to do with how tradable picks are or aren't. But uh, value should continue to tick up from here. So now's the time to start getting at least a little bearish about adding that first instead of a second and a player. Know what I mean? Anyway, I hope some of that was useful. Again, I'm not necessarily saying trade for this player, trade for that player. But those are the ones that occur to me when I'm scanning through my leagues. And others occur to me when I see them on particular roster situations or I have certain values or certain players I'm willing to trade or not trade on my own roster that affects who I who I'm targeting in my league anyway I, I think there's a little more news I think that's a little more helpful or it's a more helpful way of thinking for me when I'm looking for trade potential when I go to one league or the other to just go explore rosters and see which on these types of li- these types depending on what my situation is um, are available, or who might be available, and who might be discounted a little bit more, and um, and you should have different. You should be bearish and bullish on different players, and that's cool too. Um, so let me know who I missed, or who you are more bearish or bullish on, or you know actual words, not these stupid terms I must have heard on a podcast somewhere, and now I think I'm in the stock market anyway. Let me know. Hopefully the extended episode with a whole bunch of different lists. And I think the sell list is interesting. We get told to buy a lot, but who are you trying to package up? Or What types of things are you trying to package up to do some of that? That's not just trade your first round pick. So hopefully that's interesting. Let me know what you think at PA Howdy on Twitter or, you know, shout at your podcast device real loud. I can actually hear that. I can't. But it wouldn't be cool if it could. Anyway, uh, or talk to me on Wednesday. Wednesday stream, uh, I'll be happy to talk to you about it then too. Uh, in the meantime, thanks, good luck, and uh, I hope you're in the playoffs. Bye. Yeah!
1: Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, run fold, so. Jake on the table and Ape on the plate. no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that in their brains, got their in lanes, but I like that, yeah. picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats, nice. picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight, back and forth, there is no order, they disorder, more and more, because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders, or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders, stick got that eye, eye, like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore, I am at a cross. chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go, clicking a poll, twitter is gold, player unfolds, so Jake on the table and they on the play, though. Pete and it's the plays they analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So Jake on the table and they on the play, so Pete enumerates it's the plays they're analytical.